Chapter 5, verse 38 through 42 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 38 through 42 Ye have heard that it hath been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Gloss. The Lord having taught that we are not to offer injury to our neighbor, or a reverence to the Lord, now proceeds to show how the Christian should demean himself to those that injure him. Augustine, this law, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, was enacted to repress the flames of mutual hate, and to be a check on their undisciplined spirits. For who, when he would take revenge, was ever content to return just so much harm as he had received? Do we not see men who have suffered some trifling hurt straightway plot murder, thirst for blood, and hardly find evil enough that they can do to their enemies for the satisfying their rage. To this immeasured and cruel fury the law puts bounds when it enacts a lex talionis, that is, that whatever wrong or hurt any man has done to another, he should suffer just the same in return. This is not to encourage, but to check rage, for it does not rekindle what was extinguished but hinders the flames already kindled from further spread. It enacts a just retaliation, properly due to him who has suffered the wrong. But that mercy forgives any debt does not make it unjust that payment had been sought, since then he sins who seeks an unmeasured vengeance. But he does not sin who desires only a just one. He is therefore further from sin who seeks no retribution at all. I might state it yet thus. It was said to them of old time, Thou shalt not take unequal retaliation. But I say unto you, Ye shall not retaliate. This is a completion of the law. If in these words something is added to the law which was wanting to it, yea, rather, that which the law sought to do, namely, to put an end to unequal revenge, is more safely secured when there is no revenge at all. Pseudo-Chrysostom For without this command, the commands of the law could not stand. For if, according to the law, we begin all of us to render evil for evil, we shall all become evil, since they that do hurt abound. But if, according to Christ, we resist not evil, though they that are evil be not amended, yet they that are good remain good. Jerome Thus our Lord, by doing away all retaliation, cuts off the beginnings of sin. So the Lord corrects faults, and the gospel removes their occasions. Gloss. Or it may be said that the Lord said this, adding somewhat to the righteousness of the old law. Augustine. For the righteousness of the Pharisees is a less righteousness, not to transgress the measure of equal retribution. And this is the beginning of peace. But perfect peace is to refuse all such retribution between that first manner, then, 
which was not according to the law, to wit, that a greater evil should be returned for a less, and this which the Lord enjoins to make his disciples perfect, to wit, that no evil should be returned for evil. A middle place is held by this, that an equal evil should be returned, which was thus the passage from extremist discord to extremist peace. Whoso then first does evil to another departs furthest from righteousness, and who does not first do any wrong, but when wronged repays with a heavier wrong, has departed somewhat from extreme injustice. He who repays only what he has received gives up yet something more, for it were but strict right that he who is the first aggressor should receive a greater hurt than he inflicted. This righteousness thus partly begun, he perfects, who has come to fulfill the law. The two steps that intervene he leaves to be understood. For there is who does not repay so much so less. But there is yet above him he who repays not at all. Yet this seems too little to the Lord, if you be not ready to suffer wrong. Therefore he says not, render not evil for evil, but resist not against evil. Not only repay not what is offered to you, but do not resist that it should not be done to you. For thus accordingly he explains that saying, If any man smite thee on thy right cheek, offer to him the left also, which as being a high part of mercy is known to those who serve such as they love much, from whom, being remorse or insane, they endure many things, and if it be for their health, they offer themselves to endure more. The Lord then, the physician of souls, teaches his disciples to endure with patience the sickness of those for whose spiritual help they should provide. For all wickedness comes of a sickness of the mind. Nothing is more innocent than he who is sound and of perfect health and virtue. Id. The things which are done by the saints in the New Testament Profit for examples of understanding those scriptures which are modeled into the form of precepts. Thus we read in Luke, Whoso smitteth thee on the one cheek, turn to him the other also. Now there is no example of patience more perfect than that of the Lord. Yet he, when he was smitten, said not, Behold the other cheek, but, If I have spoken amiss, accuse me wherein it is amiss. But if well, why smittest thou me? Hereby showing us that that turning of the other cheek should be in the heart. Id. For the Lord was ready not only to be smitten on the other cheek for the salvation of men, but to be crucified with his whole body. It may be asked, what does the right cheek expressly signify? As the face is what thereby any man is known, to be smitten on the face is according to the apostle, to be condemned and despised. But as we cannot say right face and left face, and yet we have a name twofold, one before God and one before the world, it is distributed, as it were, to the right cheek and the left cheek. And whoever of Christ's disciples is despised, or that he is a Christian, may be ready to be yet more despised for any of this world's honors that he may have. All things wherein we suffer any wrong are divided into two kinds, of which one is what cannot be restored, the other what may be restored. 
in that kind which cannot be restored, we are wont to seek the solace of revenge. But what does it boot if, when smitten, you smite again? Is the hurt done to your body thereby repaid to you? But the mind, swollen with rage, seeks such assuagements. Pseudo Chrysostom. Or has your return blow at all restrained him from striking you again? Or has it rather roused him to another blow? For anger is not checked by meeting anger, but is only more irritated. Augustine. Once the Lord judges that others' weakness should rather be borne with compassion than that our own should be soothed by others' pain. For that retribution which tends to correction is not here forbidden, for such is indeed a part of mercy, nor does such intention hinder that he who seeks to correct another is not at the same time ready himself to take more at his hands. But it is required that he should inflict the punishment to whom the power is given by the course of things. And with such a mind as the father has to a child, in correcting him whom it is impossible he should hate. And holy men have punished some sins with death, in order that a wholesome fear might be struck into the living, and so that not his death, but the likelihood of increase of his sin had he lived, was the hurt of the criminal. Thus Elias punished many with death, and when the disciples would take example from him, they were rebuked by the Lord, who did not censure this example of the prophets, but their ignorant use of it, seeing them to desire the punishment not for correction's sake, but from angry hate. But after he had inculcated love of their neighbor and had given them the Holy Spirit, there wanted not instances of such vengeance, as Ananias and his wife who fell down dead at the words of Peter, and the apostle Paul delivered some to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Yet do some, with a kind of blind opposition, rage against the temporal punishments of the Old Testament, not knowing with what mind they were inflicted. Id, but who that is of sober mind would say to kings, It is nothing of your concern who will live religiously or who profanely. It cannot even be said to them that it is not their concern who will live chastely and who will live unchastely. It is indeed better that men should be led to serve God by right teaching than by penalties. Yet has it benefited many, as experience has approved to us, to be first coerced by pain and fear, that they might be taught after, or to be made to conform indeed to what they had learned in words. The better men indeed are led of love, but the more part of men are wrought on by fear. Let them learn in the case of the Apostle Paul how Christ first constrained and after taught him. Id. Therefore, in this kind of injuries, which are wont to rouse vengeance, Christians will observe such a mean, that hate shall not be caused by the injuries they may receive, and yet wholesome correction be not foregone by him who has right of either counsel or power. Jerome mystically interpreted when we are smitten on the right cheek he said not offer to him thy left but the other for the righteous has not a left that is if an heretic has smitten us in disputation and would wound us in a right-hand doctrine let him be met with another testimony from scripture augustine the other kinds of injuries are those in which full 
restitution can be made, of which there are two kinds. One relates to money and the other to work. Of the first of these, it is, he speaks, when he continues, Whoso will sue thee for thy coat, let him have thy cloak likewise. As by the cheek are denoted such injuries of the wicked, as admits of no restitution but revenge, so by this similitude of the garments is denoted such injury as admits restitution. And this, as the former, is rightly taken a preparation of the heart, not of the show of the outward action. And what is commanded respecting our garments is to be observed in all things that by any right we call our own in worldly property. For if the command be expressed in these necessary articles of life, how much more does it hold in the case of superfluities and luxuries? And when he says, He who will sue thee, he clearly intends to include everything for which it is possible that we should be sued. It may be made a question whether it is to be understood of slaves, for a Christian ought not to possess his slave on the same footing as his horse, though it might be that the horse was worth the more money. And if your slave have a milder master in you than he would have in him who seeks to take him from you, I do not know that he ought to be given up as lightly as your coat. Pseudo-Chrysostom, for it were an unworthy thing that a believer should stand in his cause before an unbelieving judge. Or if one who is a believer, though as he must be, a worldly man, though he should have reverenced you for the worthiness of the faith, sues you because the cause is a necessary one, you will lose the worthiness of Christ for the business of the world. Further, every lawsuit irritates the heart and excites bad thoughts. For when you see dishonesty or bribery employed against you, you hasten to support your own cause by like means, though originally you might have intended nothing of the sort. Augustine, the Lord here forbids his disciples to have lawsuits with others for worldly property. Yet, as the apostle allows such kind of causes to be decided between brethren and before arbiters who are brethren, but utterly disallows them without the church, it is manifest that it is conceded to infirmity as pardonable. Gregory, there are who are so far to be endured as they rob us of our worldly goods, but there are whom we ought to hinder, and that's without breaking the law of charity, not only that we may not be robbed of what is ours, but lest they, by robbing others, destroy themselves. We ought to fear much more for the men who rob us, and to be eager to save the inanimate things they take from us. When peace with our neighbor is banished, the heart on the matter of worldly possessions, it is plain that our estate is more loved than our own neighbor. Augustine, the third kind of wrongs, which is the matter of labor, consists of both such as admit restitution, and such as do not, or with or without revenge. For he who forcibly presses a man's service, and makes him give aid against his will, can either be punished for his crime, or return the labor. In this kind of wrongs, then, the Lord teaches that the Christian mind is most patient, and prepared to endure yet more than is offered. If a man constrain thee to go with him a mile, go with him yet another two. 
this likewise is meant not so much of actual service with your feet as of readiness of mind chrysostom the word here used signifies to drag unjustly without cause and with insult augustine let us suppose it therefore said go with him other two that the number three might be completed by which number perfection is signified that whoever does this might remember that he is fulfilling perfect righteousness for which reason he conveys this precept under three examples and in this third example he adds a twofold measure to the one single measure that the threefold number may be complete or we may so consider that though in enforcing this duty he had begun with what was easiest to bear and had advanced gradually for first he commanded that when the right cheek was smitten we should turn the other also wherein showing ourselves ready to endure another wrong less than that you have already received secondly to him that would take your coat he bids you to part with your cloak or garments as some copies read which is either just as great a loss or perhaps a little greater in the third he doubles the additional wrong which he would have us ready to endure and seeing it is a small thing not to hurt unless you further show kindness he adds to him that asketh of thee give pseudo chrysostom because wealth is not ours but god's god would have us stewards of his wealth and not lords jerome if we understand this only of alms it cannot stand with the estate of the most part of men who are poor even the rich if they have been always giving will not be able to continue always to give augustine therefore he says not give all things to him that asks but give to every one that asketh that you should give only what you can give honestly and rightly for what if one asks for money to employ in oppressing the innocent man what if he ask your consent to unclean sin we must give then only what will hurt neither ourselves nor others as far as man can judge and when you have refused an inadmissible request that you may not send away empty him that asked show the righteousness of your refusal and such correction of the unlawful petitioner will often be a better gift than the granting his suit id for with more benefit is food taken from the hungry if certainty of provision causes him to neglect righteousness then that food should be supplied to him that he may consent to a deed of violence and wrong jerome but it may be understood of the wealth of doctrine wealth which never fails but the more of it is given away the more it abounds augustine that he commands and from him that would borrow of thee turn not away must be referred to the mind for god loveth a cheerful giver and every one that receives indeed borrows though it is not he that shall pay but god who restores to the merciful manyfold or if you like to understand by borrowing only taking with promise to repay we must understand the lord's command as embracing both these kinds of affording aid whether we give outright or lend to receive and of this last kind of showing mercy it is well said turn not away that is do not be therefore backward to lend as though because man shall repay you therefore god shall not 
For what you do by God's command cannot be without fruit. Pseudo Chrysostom. Christ bids us lend, but not on usury. For he who gives on such terms does not bestow his own, but takes of another. He looses from one chain to bind with many, and gives not for God's righteousness' sake, but for his own gain. For money taken on usury is like the bite of an asp. As the asp's poison secretly consumes the limbs, so usury turns all our possessions into debt. Augustine. Some object that this command of Christ is altogether inconsistent with civil life in commonwealths, who, they say, would suffer when he could hinder it, the pillage of his estate by an enemy, or would not repay the evil suffered by a plundered province of Rome, on the plunderers according to the rights of war. But these precepts of patience are to be observed in readiness of the heart, and that mercy, not to return evil for evil, must be always fulfilled by the will, yet must we often use a merciful sharpness in dealing with the headstrong. And in this way, if the earthly commonwealth will keep the Christian commandments, even war will not be waged without good charities, to the establishing among the vanquished peaceful harmony of godliness and righteousness. For that victory is beneficial to him from whom it snatches license to sin, since nothing is more unfortunate for sinners than the good fortune of their sins, which nourishes an impunity that brings punishment after it, and an evil will is strengthened, as it were some internal enemy. End of chapter 5, verse 38 through 42.